And of course, it's like everything wants to be slow today. <laughs> so we are just going to jump right in. Hello and welcome just a family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator of Just Alive TV, as well as the Women Supporting Women Can Network, which is coming soon. Uh, today's episode, we are going to be talking about your ideal partner. And our sponsor today is none other than a Phoenix Identity. They actually have two offers for you today. They are offering you uh, the my book, <laughs> so they're offering you my book, which is on my way to us. It's all about my past journey into cre going through my past relationships and identifying what I needed to learn in order to create space for love. And that will guide me to the next thing that they're offering is creating space for love. That is a course that launches June 1st, 2022. Going through my past relationships. <laughs> <laughs> always with the, it always kicks in. Um, and that will. <laughs> that uh, that course again launches June 1st, 2022, and it is a course all about how to create a space for love, open yourself to your ideal partner, all starting with you. So if you're sick and tired of all of your past relationships holding you back from creating a good one, that's the course to take. And you get a discount offer with that, a coupon code, your ideal partner. If you type that in, you get it at 62% off. So go and check that out. Link in the description. And to co-host my episode today is Laura Medrano, who also has a book about relationships, and that is also in the description. So go and take a look at that. Hers is on Amazon. Um, and Laura, please introduce yourself. Hello. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm a relationship coach and an author, and I never envisioned myself to become that. Like I didn't have the lifelong plan of even remotely being close to a expert on relationships. But what had happened is that I found myself in so much struggle with my own personal journey, my own relationships. And I found solutions and methods on how to help myself. And in doing so, I realized, wait a minute, I think I might have something to help other people because no doubt in my mind, there was going to be other people struggling with the same mission that I was on. And it was to find a healthy relationship. And fast forward into current present time, I ended up writing a book about attracting your soulmate because it's the exact steps that I took. And I just feel called to share it with the world. So here I am. And <laughs> Go ahead. Nope. And you can continue. Absolutely. I kind of jump in there and <laughs> slightly cut that's you off. That's okay. Here I am in current time um, as a self-published author. And I just feel that um, people need this help. Like people need help in all relationships. It's not just in their love life, but just, you know, with coworkers, with parents, with kids, with everything. But this, this love relationship has just been my niche because I struggled with it my entire life. And the way I look at it is I was the common denominator on doing something wrong. Like I had to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, wait a minute, all these failed relationships, but I'm the reason, I'm the reason why I'm the culprit. So what can I do to shift that whole mindset, that whole perspective that I was on? And I love um, Dr. Phil's motto when he says, well, how's that working for you? Because it wasn't working. <laughs> so here we are. And, and that's why you and I chose to do this episode. Sorry for the noise. Uh, there's a loud car that's about to go past my window and I forgot to shut my window. So I apologize. Um, and that's why you and I chose to do this episode is because you and I have both written similar stories, uh, not the same, but similar stories about how we used our own sense of identity, our own accountability, our own lessons to create something beautiful, to create something better. Um, I, my book is all about, you know, how I took 
those past relationships. And I learned from each of them. Each of them had a different lesson that I needed to learn on how I needed to be a good partner, how I needed to feel a certain way from my partner, and how the relationship dynamic really works. And I know for myself, I've now, I just celebrated 13 years with, uh, of marriage with my husband. We've been together for almost 15. And it's fantastic, right? I don't do the things that I used to do. I don't call in that same energy or, you know, I, I created space for a love that worked for me. And, and that's exactly what, what you and I did. So one of the things I love to highlight about relationships, because uh, again, like you, I do relationship coaching in, in, a, in a sphere, right? Um, one of the things that I like to highlight is there's three parts to every relationship. There's me, there's my partner, and then there's the relationship itself. And a relationship is like a joint banking account, right? You each have individual accounts, but each of you have to put into that account in order to pay the bills right? It's the same thing. Each of you are putting something different into that relationship that you need to be taking out what you need. You're putting in what you need. You're putting in a little bit of what your partner needs. You're putting a little bit of what the actual relationship needs, which is communication and trust and and all of that. But then you're also taking out what you need. And that's, that's a huge concept that a lot of people don't understand is that they have to hold themselves accountable for their roles. So what do you, what do you find is the, the biggest struggle when people are trying to create their, their ideal partner? Well, I'm a straight shooter, so I like to get straight to the bullet points and the facts because um, I don't like to sugarcoat. And one of them is victim mindset does not work at all. So when woe is me and oh, poor me, I'm always attracting these toxic men or unhealthy relationships or, you know, drug addicts. I mean, we can go extreme there, Um, but you have to realize the reason behind that of why you're attracting that. And so the victim mindset doesn't really work for me. I'm all about throwing a tantrum for 10 minutes and then putting on your big girl panties and getting straight to work. So, you know, cause I mean, we can sit there and cry all day, but is that really going to change anything? So I like to be just very proactive and sharing that with my clients and anybody who's craving change that the victim mindset, uh, is the old programming. It's something that we need to shift out of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, I would agree. I might, I might not word it the same way, but I totally agree that it is. We need to take accountability. A lot of people who are, we, we did an episode Friday called Addicted to Abuse, right? We get addicted to these patterns. We get addicted to um, a, a way of feeling, a way of living, right? Where that becomes our sense of norm. And for a lot of people, they don't realize that it is a victim mentality. They don't realize that it's their, their, identity saying, I, I don't feel worthy. I don't believe that I'm worthy. I don't believe that I'm good enough to be happy. I don't believe that I'm worthy of, of, you know, unconditional love or, or whatever it is that you don't feel worthy of that shows up in the people we attract is whether or not we feel worthy, whether we have boundaries, whether we are strong enough to say no and strong enough to say that is a boundary I will not cross. And, and keeping strength in that, that's powerful. That's confident. It's, it's your ability to, to create your own space. Mm-hmm. And I think we're so programmed to habits, whether they're good for us or bad for us, um, that we're just used to it. You know what you're going to get. There's no fear in the unknown. Um, so we just get used to a certain type of way and it may not be beneficial for us in the long run. And so it's about reprogramming your thoughts. And I, I believe so wholeheartedly, like that is the first and foremost, um, you know, piece of the pie that is just so important is like, it all stems from the way you think about 
what you think about and how you think about it, because not all thoughts are necessarily true or do they serve you? So you always have to think like, is this sabotaging my situation or is this benefiting and serving my situation? So one of my little pieces of the pie is definitely all starting with your thoughts. Yeah. No, for sure. That's the key to everything, right? Is, is our beliefs. What do we believe? What do we deserve? What do we, <laughs> what are we capable of? Um, I was going to mention something and it just totally, I lost that trend. Oh, uh, the fear, right? You were talking about the fear of the unknown and the fear of, you know, just staying in our comfort zone because it does become our comfort zone. Um, how many men and women Fear even getting into new relationships because they don't trust themselves. They don't trust the people that they choose. They don't want to get hurt again. Um, all of that stuff. And I'm the type of person I'm like, okay, so you fear getting hurt. I understand that, right? Because nobody wants to get hurt, but it's a part of life. And how much strength do you have if you've been hurt in a past relationship? You're still here. You are still here. You're now stronger, but you're not seeing yourself as being stronger because again, your identity is saying, I'm not worthy. I don't trust myself. I've lost my identity because I've been in these situations. I've been in the cycles, the repeating patterns of abusive, addictive partners that don't treat me well. So true. Yeah. The other one that I love to highlight, it's like my favorite thing to highlight in relationships, especially when you're trying to create a relationship is wanting Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome and women. Yes, I am talking to you. You want Prince Charming, Mr. We grew up with Disney. We grew up with Disney princesses who needed Disney princesses. You got Cinderella who grew up feeling unworthy. She still loved herself because you could see that. But she felt unworthy and she ended up landing Prince Charming, you know, who absolutely unconditionally loved her and fought for her. Right. But at the same time, we were conditioned and taught to believe that we needed Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome. We need a knight in shining armor. We needed to be saved and protected and Snow White having to be, you know, kissed to wake up. Um, all of us had that Tall, Dark and Handsome. That is not a good ideal. It's not Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome. I'm sorry. And, and I'm going to be blunt and I'm, I'm sure you'll appreciate that, Laura, is Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome is going to be the abusive, conceited, egotistical asshole that's going to beat the shit out of you because that's that's he thinks he's the shit. Right. And, and probably one of the first times I've completely sworn in one of our episodes. But um, but that's the truth. Right. We have these ideals. Can't be living at home can't have kids, can't, we build this list of things that we expect or we want from our ideal partner, that doesn't work, right? And then we get mad when we don't fit on their list because I love you, I'll treat you right, I, I'm loyal, all of this, but you're not focusing on that. You're focusing on tall, dark, and handsome, rich, doesn't live with mom and dad, doesn't have kids, I never thought I'd be with somebody who didn't have hair and my husband has no hair, but on top of that, he has no chest hair, no back hair, TMI, but whatever. And I love it. I adore it. My, my, I grew up with my mom, like the hairy apes, nothing against hairy men, nothing against them. Just not, it's not what I enjoy, but I, but I met a man who didn't have hair and he, it was great. Absolutely great. Well, to go off of what you were just saying, I wholeheartedly believe in your unpopular opinion about Disney Prince Charming uh, coming to rescue you because it's just simply not true. And that is something where people are looking outside of themselves to fill that void. So whether it's in relationships, whether it's in food, whether it's in the nightclub, um, they're always looking for the next something that's going to make them feel better. And that's not where it comes from. So, yeah. so yeah, and um, and that whole Prince Charming thing. Sometimes it just doesn't look like the packaging that you wanted in the first place, and that's when you have to open your mind to like other options because that one packaging that you thought of is not working. 
So maybe open and broaden your mind to other types of packaging. And you know what? Half of the time you'll be more surprised, like in a good way, where you'll be like, wow, this is even better than I even would have imagined or would have thought. So when you ask for something of this or better, then you actually might get the whole package and it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm going to share this and, and I apologize, honey, if you catch this episode, but um, I grew up with Dirty Dancing. Okay, Dirty Dancing. Me too. Patrick Swayze <laughs> in Dirty Dancing, right? Yeah. I never knew. I, I've been with my husband 15 years, right? I am still so wholly, physically, emotionally, mentally attracted to that man. He can't walk in the room without my mind going in the gutter, right? So whatever, but healthy. But <laughs> so I'm looking at him one day and, and so he's, he's a manager. He's in a management position. So he wears black dress pants. And so he comes home one day and I'm, I'm watching him and, and I always tell him, you have to take the shirt off first. Just don't, I don't care about the pants. Just take the shirt off first, right? And he takes the shirt off and I'm, and I'm watching. And then all of a sudden I watched dirty dancing last year and I watched it again. I rewatched it for the millionth time. I watched dirty dancing last year and in the scene where baby goes to his cabin and he's got the dress pants on. Cause they just came from the show. She, he's got the dress pants on no shirt. That's my husband. So something I've loved for 30 something years, I got without even knowing that I was asking for it, mm -hmm. right? Because I focused my relationship or my search for a relationship on my need to feel a certain way. He provides all of the, he fights with me when I need to fight, when I need to release energy and vent. He gives me that, right? We head to head, we go at it and it's okay because we know how to communicate. So I feel loved. I feel safe. I feel supported. I feel acknowledged. I've got unconditional love and I give unconditional love. I know his love language. So I understand that he's not going to, that's another one. We'll talk about love languages. I know that he's not maybe going to be as affectionate as I or, or as physical as I crave, because that's my love language is phys physical touch and affection. And, but his love language is gifts of service. So I never have to worry about my car breaking down. I never have to worry about doing my oil changes. I never have to worry about, you know, my husband will help clean, clean the house. He'll do laundry. He'll take care of the kids. Like he'll do the gifts of service. And that's him constantly showing me his version of love. And we get that mixed up, right? Is you expect one thing, but don't realize that maybe they're giving you what you're asking for in their way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's where it comes from with picking somebody that maybe um, is the opposite of you because they say opposites attract. I think being opposite is perfectly fine, but when it comes down to like your morals and your values and your ethics, you, you need to be on the same page because I'm the one who's more energetic and like bubbly and crazy and he's more calm reserved collected which works perfectly well together but we have the same values when it comes to important things in our private life um you know politics religion any of that we we really get along on all of those levels so so you know we just agree on them which is, and you know what, and, and I agree with that. There is a, a benefit to having, you know, not everything is agreed upon, right? Part of what we need to learn as a society, especially in relationships, whether that be friendships or, or your ideal partner, is that it's okay to have different beliefs, right? It's okay to love other people where they're at and not expect them to convert to your way of thinking or convert to your belief systems, whatever that may look like, right? I think people just forget that it is two individual people trying to share a relationship. And I think that's one of the biggest that makes downfalls. Sense. Yeah. 
So leading into that. Yeah, I mean, and you touch light on that. A little bit of a time lag for some reason, it's, uh, it's cutting out a little bit. So um, let's talk about damaging relationships. So I, I created a PDF a few years ago about your most damaging relationship issues, right? So what do you think the worst, what do you think are relationship killers? Not being able to love yourself the way that, you know, you wished that they would fulfill that void. And really what it is, is coming to strength of the self-respect, the self-worth, the self-love, all before you get yourself into a relationship. Um, I was completely unaware of that growing up. That was not even something that came to my awareness and it, it failed me every time. So, yeah, I mean, really just having, being full and complete with or without. Yeah. And that you are completely right. You have to not have to, but you should have a good foundation of who you are, right? Who you are, what your values are, what your beliefs are, what makes you happy, what makes you unhappy, right? Um, I, like I was saying, I created this PDF and it was the seven most damaging relationship issues, right? Or this, the, the seven top ways you're ruining your relationships. And I think that communication is a huge one. So it was your listening skills, right? There are three ways to listen. The first being, when you listen and you're not actually, you know, you know, when you sit down and somebody is listening to you and they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. But they're not actually listening. Like nothing's getting through. So that's the first way. The second way is listening, but in your head, all your, all your reactions are coming in. What are you going to say next? What are you going to focus on next? What are you going to do? Right. You're not actually paying attention and listening. Excuse me. The third one is actually listening to the other person to hear what they're saying. And sometimes that's hearing what they're not saying, right? And and truly trying to connect with the emotion behind what it is that they're expressing. So that for me is number one. An extension of the communication. um, I'm going to go as far to say that sometimes it's like two different languages. So what you may be trying to say, the other person can't retain because they're just not at that same level, um, that same frequency that you are at and vice versa. So sometimes I feel like it's two separate languages happening and the other person cannot comprehend. It's almost, it's almost unattainable. Absolutely. I don't know how many couples I've worked with where they're saying the same thing, just in different ways. And it's the argument because they're like, I'm saying this. And it's like, no, I'm saying that. But they're saying exactly the same thing, just different ways. Right. And that goes hand in hand with the love languages. Right. And and expectations. I had a story told to me about a couple who was going through a very hard time um, and the wife was ready to just give up the whole relationship. She would make dinner every night. And every night she'd ask her husband to clean up the dishes and he'd say, absolutely, but I'm going to do it in the morning. No fail. This husband would do it every morning, but the wife could not stand it that he didn't do it that night. That was offensive to her because she had taken all that time and all that effort to cook him a meal. She felt disrespected that he wouldn't do it that night, but he saw no problem with it because he was still doing it just during the day, right? So it's like that hand in hand, she's entitled to how she feels, she's entitled to her beliefs, but when you're emotionally triggered by that belief, right? And feeling disrespected, you're not gonna see it from the other person's perspective and say, oh, like I'm not intentionally trying to hurt your feelings. I didn't know it was that big of a deal. Let's, let's talk about it, right? So open communication about your expectations is key. Um, what were the other ones? Um, not making it all about yourself. That is a huge one. 
What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm an Aries and Aries tend to be a little self-centered if we want to go there, but I feel like I'm such a giver and I used to be a people pleaser and then that failed. So I found a, like a perfect center medium of that spectrum of not just me, 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 and not just give, 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 deplete. So I think it's balance right in between the two and just giving, giving time uh, for the other person, whether it's whatever their needs, their love languages, whatever, you know, they want to talk about. Um, and then also stating how you feel is important. It's like, it's a perfect dance, like in between the two. Yep. Yep. And you're right. Balance, right? Balance and expression, communication, listening, uh, needs, the way that you act, the way that you react. Um, a big one in relationships is reaction versus response. Obviously, um, there's a huge difference between reacting and responding. Mm -hmm. Reacting is an emotional reaction where responding is a logical, where you can actually think about things without getting into your own head and thinking, oh, they really hurt my feelings and they did that. And again, it comes back to that, you know, victimization of when somebody does something or says something, and especially in a relationship, you're like, oh, you did not just do that. And yeah. React. Action and response is huge and choosing to take that time after something happens that may trigger you or a argument or, you know, anything for that matter, taking that moment to regroup, get grounded and collect your thoughts instead of barking away at the other person, because I found that that does no good. <laughs> so Yes, I think it's huge. And sometimes you don't have to exchange any energy. Sometimes less is more. You may have all of these thoughts that you want to get off your chest, but it may not even be the right thing to do because you might be exerting all of your energy and then you're going to feel spent afterwards. So sometimes not reacting at all or responding at all is fine. Yep. And that's part of holding yourself accountable, right? One of the things, and again, going back to, to the book I wrote, is one of the things that I learned in my past relationship was not to react. It was not to use vindictiveness, uh, volatility, or even manipulation to try to get what I wanted because maybe that wasn't right for the relationship, right? So I walked into my current relationship, my 15-year marriage. <laughs> I walked into that and I said, you know, when I'm feeling backed into a corner, when I'm feeling very reactive, very emotional, I need space. I need to put myself in a timeout where I can think and process and not say things or do things that are meant to hurt you because that's, that's the space that I go to. And so it's holding myself accountable and knowing what I need in that moment to keep me healthy and to keep my relationship healthy. I love the word that you said processing. Cause that's what I always use to say I'm processing, like give me the moment and it's just the wheels are turning and I'm just like absorbing and, and, you know, just taking that, that time for yourself. And like you said, accountability is huge. Yeah. So going back to, you know, creating space for your ideal partner and and you and I and and the books that we wrote and and the reason that we're here doing what we're here what do you want to what do you want to share what what do you think what are your points that you think are really huge for creating your ideal partner one thing that comes to mind right away and my my book is a series of seven steps um you know but one of the main ones that i just like feel called to which has helped me so much is being who you truly are, being authentic, not changing, not um, dimming your light, not being a chameleon to satisfy somebody else, um, actually speaking your truth and feeling, feeling safe about it because it is scary to speak your truth sometimes. That's why, you know, 
there's secrets and you know things like skeletons and closets but i feel like any time that i have stood my ground and been authentic then guess what the right people actually gravitate and stay and the wrong ones filter out so that is kind of like one of my biggest like secret sauce of the whole thing is just be who you truly are being genuine yep one of the things i want to actually a couple of the things i want to mention is specifically to professional women or empowered women a lot of women nowadays who are empowered who are professional who are putting themselves out there in in a stronger sense almost feel like they have to settle so settling is a huge one for me you shouldn't have to settle in your ideal relationship settling is not an option it's not something that you sit there and go you know i'm too strong for this person or i intimidate this person your ideal partner is not going to be intimidated by you my husband has seen me go from stay-at-home mom to starting six businesses on my own for the majority and he supported me through all of it. He didn't doubt my, my capabilities. He, he encouraged, he financed, he, he did a lot of stuff in the back end to help me grow to where I am today. And you need somebody to be able to do that, right? Even if they don't like he's, I'm a spiritual teacher on top of, you know, that's one of my businesses. And even though he didn't understand it or agree with it, or even believe in it at the beginning, he was still supportive. He still had that capability, excuse me. And that's something that I needed was somebody behind me, no matter what, no matter whether they agreed or disagreed, it was somebody who had my back. Oh gosh, that's so important. And I feel like I finally have that in my life now. And, um, in the past, I, I never did. And it always found a way to fail on me. And not that I needed the support, but I was okay without, I was going to be fine without any relationship because once again, like, yeah, I wasn't going to settle either. I wasn't going to just be okay with mediocre. I guess this will do for now. Um, I was perfectly fine being independent without and knowing that I would be just fine for the rest of my life. If that's the way, you know, it had been. Yep. So I, I noticed a few years ago, a lot of women who now, and again, this goes for men and women, right? If you choose to remain single, you choose to remain single. If you choose to look for love or create space for love, absolutely. You should be in, empowered to create your choices. But I did notice a few women who were saying, I'm happy by myself. I'm happy by myself. I'm not looking, but in reality, they were actually scared. They were scared of giving away their power. They were afraid of being hurt again. They had all of this fear surrounding getting into another relationship or dating or again, settling or, you know, feeling like the day I met my husband in person, because we were set up uh, over the phone first through, through a mutual friend. When we met the first day, I looked at him, I got in the car, I turned, I looked at him and I'm like, this isn't going to work. And that was my first instinct. And the reason was, is because that man was hot as hell. And I'm sitting there going, like, I I had my own insecurities, right? So I'm like, oh, he's good looking. He's too good looking. He's probably going to be sure of himself and cocky and all this other stuff. We ended up going on our date that night and that, that spiraled out of control, right? Because I realized that he was sweet and kind and strong and powerful and in he was a family man and he talked about his son and his mother and all of this stuff. And it just endeared me to him because underneath the physical appearance, he was everything that I was looking for. But I was happy on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, my internet decided to go. <laughs> <laughs> And I reset it today too. It's like the twilight zone. Yeah, always, always. Yes. So what else do you think that you want to share on, on ideal partners? 
Well, one thing that is another little secret that I'll share, and it was one of the best things that I ever did, was I wrote down a list of 52 things, qualities, characteristics, traits that I wanted in a partner. And I wrote specifics. Like I literally went down to the T of exactly what I wanted. And then I sealed it in an envelope and I labeled it and I said a prayer and I just let it go. And it took two plus years from when I wrote that list to when I actually met him. So yeah, I had to just surrender and let go to the idea. I couldn't hang on to it. Like, when is he going to show up? When is he going to come? I continued to date. I continued with my life. And every single one of those 52 items, he has those characteristics. <laughs> and that's, you know what? That's, that's lucky. I'm not going to say lucky, but that for a lot of women, that is rare, right? Because I, I personally am against the list for the most part, right? I'm for the most part, I'm against the list because we're putting that pressure on that other person, right? Where a lot of what we need to feel needs to first come from us, right? So you were, you allowed yourself to be yourself. And then, you know, going from that, it's again, the safety, the support, the honesty and the trust. I have no concern that my husband's going to go out and cheat on me. I have no concern that he's going to hit me because I don't, one, I'm strong enough, not, not that I'm strong enough. And that, that sounds shameful. So I apologize for, for the wording on that. It's not that I'm strong enough. It's, I'm, he wouldn't do it. Right. And I, and I created space for that, that he wouldn't do that. That was never something that I wanted. And I, I know most of us say that and women who become, you know, um, victims to domestic violence they have said that and it is it is traumatizing to get into those relationships i again wanted to point it out that fear sorry i'm segueing again i wanted to point out that fear though is that just because you experience one relationship or multiple relationships that went a certain way doesn't mean that you can't survive another one doesn't mean that you can't create space for a love that's true that isn't going to be abusive, isn't going to be draining and exhausting and take over where you have to settle and give up your, your sense of identity. Well, every day is a new day and guess what? You get to make a new choice. So we have all of this belief systems of, you know, how I grew up, what I went through teenage years if I you know was married to this type of person that that's going to be the habit so that goes back to your habits what we're so used to but we can create a new life and that's one thing when I wake up in the morning I'm like oh today's a new day I can start you know x y and z and create it I do that Mondays I everybody hates Mondays right not everybody but so many people don't like Mondays right and I'm like, why not? It's a new week, a new energy, a new day. You get to make those choices on how your day is going to go, right? And your week and your month. You could say, oh, you know, um, I'm not looking forward to Monday because my I'm having a busy week. But you never know what's going to happen during that week. That's like any relationship. You can say, I'm terrified of getting into another relationship. My husband... Um, I've actually known a couple relationships where one of the partners or both of the partners were terrified of the relationship because they knew that the, the, the energy, the instant connection, the love, the, it was so strong that that person had the ability to shatter you. Right. And that's how my husband felt with me. And, and I felt with him, it had that ability to shatter and it was terrifying but we did it anyway. <laughs> well, I'm a risk taker, so I'm a big fan of that. Uh, that's what I like to share and motivate people too. If you just, if you never try anything, how are you going to do anything different? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's very simple. Not, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> if you keep trying to get the same, if you keep trying to get a different outcome, 
with the same pattern, you're not going to succeed. You have to learn how to do it differently. You have to learn to find the lessons, right? All of those failed relationships or mistakes or whatever you want to call them, right? Because I don't believe in any of those. All of those are stepping stones, things that you need to learn in order to grow. And that's exactly right. That's what I highlighted in my book. That's what I highlight in my program or my course, I should say, is your past relationships are stepping stones to creating space for your ideal partner. Always a learning lesson, always, and always gaining wisdom. I, I don't believe in coincidences or accidents either. Everything has a lesson behind it. And when you take a step back and actually look at what the lesson is trying to teach you and put it, you know, another notch in your belt, otherwise you're going to still attract the same type of lesson. Otherwise, you're still going to follow that same pattern and get those same results if you haven't learned it yet. So they come in different forms of different relationships, different people that come your way. If you don't learn it, then, of course, it's going to still present itself. Yeah, exactly. That's where you get the repeat patterns, the the cycles where you're like, oh, my goodness, not again. (laughs) And that's where the self-doubt comes in, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people who create relationships based on their religion based based on their family experiences. I detail that out in the book again, where, you know, my greatest fear is losing my husband. And I saw my mother, my aunt, my grandmother all lose their husbands, all just half the females that I grew up with had lost their husbands. And so I grew up with most of my family outlives their husbands. And it's like, crap, (laughs) I don't want to outlive him, right? Where it's this whole process. Um, Religious beliefs, some people will pass up somebody who is amazing for them because they're not the same religion, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why why I'm so against those lists because- (laughs) They sometimes you're going to miss out and they'll always come back. Sometimes you're going to miss out on somebody who is amazing, but that just means you're not ready for them at that time. My husband and I almost met. I detailed in the book six times at least where my husband and I were in the same place at the same time from grade six up. We had the same story. (laughs) it's true but it just the timing wasn't right you know yeah and I I I, go ahead I fully believe that yeah you have to go through those those scenarios right if we had met in grade six we wouldn't have learned the lessons we learned if we had met you know any time between then and now it wouldn't have worked because I wouldn't have been ready he wouldn't have been ready we wouldn't have created, you know, the, the mentalities or the, the personalities that we needed to be partners. And we would have just kept crossing paths. Of course, my partner too is also my twin flame. So for anybody who's non-spiritual, he is my soul's connection. He is, we've had multiple lifetimes together. We have, you know, circled the globe many times as partners. Um, I remember a past life and I apologize for anybody who's not spiritual, but I'm spiritual. Um, I have a past life with him where he was married to my sister and we were having an affair. So, you know, it's, we we're always destined to meet one way or another, those specific people, right? There's soulmates, there's twin flames. There's, if you you know, all those spiritual connections, right? Um, where you just know that you've known that person before. Mm-hmm. And there's also karmic partners. <laughs> Those are the fun ones. <laughs> Those yes. are the fun ones. And then going back to the list, had I written down this list 20 years ago, it would have looked much different. And I may, you know, have attracted somebody completely away from the list that I had created now. Yeah. So tall, dark, and handsome, Prince Charming. (laughs) May have been on my old list. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and we do that. How many, how many of us men are male or female? How many of us pictured our wedding pictured our family life, right? There are people that I know who pictured their perfect family with their perfect children and their perfect. And then they get to a point where they, they have, you know, uh, family and children, and then it's not perfect. And it's, they, they become disillusioned and, and disinterested and unhappy with that family because it's not their perfect idea. It's not what they pictured in their head. And then it causes a lot of unhappiness, a lot of strife. But again, that comes down to you internally, you individually, right? What do I believe I deserve? What do I believe I want to create? Can I be grateful and happy for what I have, right? You can have a loving partner, loving children, an amazing life and still not like it because it's not your perfect idea of what you want. On the flip side, you could have all that and still not like it because it really just doesn't align to you anymore. So kind of goes both ways. It sure does. Yeah. And it's outgrowing. It's evolution. Like, you know, we're always changing and shifting. And I feel like finding a partner that is um, wanting to grow as well. They don't always have to agree on the same things, but coming full circle, just being in alignment with growing and evolving and always I craving knowledge. Like I'm big on the emotional intelligence thing, which I feel is so underrated, but it's coming out more and more that that is huge. Yeah. Just being aware of yourself, being aware of your own spirit, why we came here, our purpose. Yeah. And Emotional intelligence is huge. And that comes again down to the reaction versus response, right? Just because we react thinking our belief might be saying somebody is intentionally hurting us. We don't know that, right? If somebody turns to you and calls you a name, but it's an endearing name to them, but to you, you're like, no, like, I don't like that. But to me, my husband can call me any curse word under the sun, under the sun. And I'm just like, okay, sure, whatever. It doesn't bother me, right? But if he said it in anger, then it would bother me. Intention. It's the intention behind it. But we can't assume what that other person's intention is. He can look at me and I can be there. And I'm just like, did you really? Right. And I'm just, I'm ready to relax, react. Right. And I'm like, did you seriously just do that? And full stop. Like, did you just do that? And he's like, can't you see I'm laughing? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. Right. So sometimes that again, comes hand in hand to the communication. You have to be able to communicate that is, are you intending to hurt me? Or like, are you intentionally doing that? Or are you not? Because I'm reacting to that. And I need you to know that I'm reacting to that. If it's something that you're going to react to consistently, then you say, you know what? I I really don't like it when you do that. Can you please not do that? And explain how that makes you feel. And your partner should respect that. And it's also difficult when you find a partner that you're just continually trying to like put in so much effort and trying to communicate. And it's like, you know, hitting two heads against each other. Like sometimes things are not a match. Sometimes it's easier to just be friends. I've had that happen in previous relationships too, where there was no crazy explosive ending, but it just needed to end because there was, we weren't on the same page. You know, it was black and white. It was round, you know, what round hole square peg it just was not making any sense but friendship would have been fine yeah and you're right sometimes those are just the end of the relationship because the lesson's been learned right and again it comes back to lessons of you know is this what i want is it does it fit are we compatible and then it's like okay well maybe not not every relationship has to end badly either Mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people think that oh, I'm going to get hurt again, or, uh, you know, this person's going to hurt me, or I'm going to hurt them. And it's like, but what if you don't? Mm-hmm. What if you just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm just really not all that happy in this relationship. <laughs> and the other person's <laughs> like, 
And the other person's like, me too. Right? Th- that does happen. Perfectly okay. Perfectly okay. Yeah. We're so worried about what other people think, but sometimes that goes back to being your authentic self. When you're speaking your truth, then how could you be mad at that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the one of the things that that I said in a relationship, and it was one of the most power powerful things I'd ever said, is I can't expect you to change. I can't. I can't expect anybody to change. But the other person also can't expect me to change or me to stay. Right. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that you can't expect anyone to change for you and nobody can expect anyone to change for them. But you can't expect that person to stay if it's not working for them. First and foremost, in any relationship you are in, you have to put yourself first. And if that's with a relationship not working, then that's what it is. You let go with love. And I understand having the determination in, let's say, a marriage or some commitment that you just feel like this is, I'm going to make this work no matter what. Sometimes it's okay to grow apart. And I know that's another unpopular opinion that I have, but I am holding to my guns to that because I see some people going to the grave miserable in their relationships. And I'm like, man, not only did you go, you know, die unhappy, but you did a disservice to somebody else who you could have been happy with. Mm-hmm. There's always a match for everybody out there. And that yep. goes to back to settling too. Like why settle and just be okay with what you have just because of your determination to make it work. Well, maybe you tried everything under the sun and it just didn't. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe you do want to be alone. Right. We did an episode called Love Your Way, where the couple was a partnering, where they were married, but lived apart. And that worked for them. Relationships Mm -hmm. can be in many different forms. They don't have to be one way or another. You can live in separate houses. You can choose not to have children. You can, you know, choose to live in different countries or, you know, long distance relationships. Every relationship is going to have its own dynamic. You have to just control your own narrative. Mm-hmm. your lane. <laughs> Accountability. Yeah. All right. Is there anything you'd like to add before we go? Honestly, like I'm, I'm just the biggest cheerleader and advocate for encouraging anyone because I know that I wanted, I want to be the voice that I needed when I was going through my own personal relationship struggles. And now we have knowledge at our fingertips, internet, um, you know, and I just feel like using that to our advantage. And I just, I want to give people like hope and inspiration and just feel like that they can get past that block, whatever it is that they're going through in their relationship to give them that extra push to try something different. It's about like feeling the scary stuff and digging deep, but also loving yourself and having radical self-love and self-worth and moving forward. Absolutely. And anybody watching, you can check out Laura's book. The link is in the description for Laura's book, Radical Self-Love. Um, I would like to say thank you to everybody watching. I, my own company is sponsoring this episode. We are offering my book on my story. It's called On My Way to Us, which is detailing my past relationships, my journey to my twin flame, as well as the things that I took from my past relationships that I needed to learn to be a better partner and to create space for love. And talking about creating space for love, I am launching a course that officially airs June 1st, 2022. So if you're watching this later than the ship, then it's already launched. You can catch it through the description in the links. Um, 
But creating space for love is really for men and women who want to create space in their life for their ideal partner, for a love that provides them the things they need without fear, with confidence, and with the ability to say no. So that is what we're doing with creating space for love. Um, You can check that out. I also have a discount code in there. If you use your ideal partner, you get off 62% of the purchase price. So go and check that out. Link in the description, creating space for love. If you want to just grab the book again, your ideal partner, grab, you can get it for 62% off. So go and take a look at those. Let me know what you think. Um, and yeah, if you want to reach out to either myself or Laura, you can do so. Our links are in the description to follow us on social media, check out our websites, everything along those lines. And Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Just a family. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Please go like, follow, and share the show on whatever social media platforms you are engaged on. You can join our mailing list at justalivetv.com. If you would like to be a guest of the show, a blog writer, or a sponsor, please reach out at justalivetv.com, or you can find us on our multitude of social media platforms. I wish you all a wonderful day, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Take your own granola that buy the granola. The, the, the granola that you buy have too much sugar, but you can make your granola at home if you buy the, oats, the, the fruits and the nuts that you want to put in it, and then, uh, you know, um, bake it in your house and, and toast it and get it uh, as granola. So those are the things that I say that it's different that, that when it comes to nutrition, you know, to make sure. But I'm not the one, I don't believe that you have to carve out a, a particular uh, group of food because then you're going to lack the nutrients that come from that food. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then G, goals. Who shouldn't have goals? It's like the visions. Your goals are your stepping stones. You know what I mean? And for everybody watching, I've said this a hundred times and I will say it another hundred times, your goals, number one, your goals will change. Your goal, your goals never stay the same or very rarely will they stay the same. Number two, your goals aren't going to be the same as other people. Your goals are going to interchange. They're going to morph. They're going to, you know, and every time you hit a goal, you are automatically going to set another goal. It doesn't stop until you, until you hit that end goal of, of, you know, not being here anymore. It never ends. We constantly, right? If I say my goal is to get healthy and lose 30, you know, 60 pounds, I'm going to have to buy a new wardrobe when I get to that 60 pounds. So there's another goal, right? There's always going to be a new goal because we're always learning. We're always growing. We're always changing. It's a never ending process. I said that, that the, as you go through life, the day that you stop learning, the day that you stop doing, that's the day that you start, you start dying. So like you're saying, you always, there's always something new to conquer. There's always something, something new to conquer. And, and when you set goals, I said, like, you, like we were talking before, let's say you are, you, you, you plan your vision, what you're going to look at, what you want to want for five years from now. And then you back engineer. That's what the word that I was trying to look before <laughs> back engineer and, you know, to create your goals. And then as every quarter you check your goals to see what needs to be changed or adjust, or maybe the, because the way that you back engineer, let's say you do it in a, instead of five, let's do it to three for sake of explanation. Let's say that you're looking up a picture of how you're going to be in, in, in three years from now. And you back engineer, that means that you're going to create three big goals, one for each year. And then those three big goals, you're going to break it down into 12 goals, one for each month. And then that one from the month, you're going to break it into four goals. Those are the ones for every week. And then that goal, you're going to break it into tasks that you're going to uh, put in your, in your calendar. And that's going to be for the day. But then every so often, I, w- I will say every quarter, you check to see if anything's changing. Anything that you have planned for last month, now it's not going to be something that you need to do. Or, or maybe you had to, you, you like something new or you learn some new skill and now something changed. And then every year at the end of the year, you change, you know, and you already uh, uh, look and see what is changing. Like with me, I had to change it because of the new things that I've been doing. You know, I had to change what, what I have planned. But the good thing is that when you have goals, and it, it write it down so you can see it. And um, I like.
for the year. And I put a word for the year. Okay. And what I projected there, I can see it. And then what I do is when I, when I uh, accomplish it, I put a star on it that I, that I accomplish it. And, and please celebrate your accomplishments, celebrate your accomplishments. Okay. The dots in front of me of your life, I would be able to tell you what choices and what beliefs created what outcome. So we all do have choices. So he says a person that does not agree with the, you always have a choice statement are simply not aware of their choices. Absolutely. You do always have a choice. Now here's the thing. 95% of our life is, or 90%, 95% of our reality is based entirely on our decisions. Whether that is whether whether that is a lack of decision or a conscious decision or a subconscious decision, it doesn't matter. 95% of our life is based on our beliefs of who we are and the decisions that we make based on that. Um, if we are, and, and again, there is no victim shaming because you don't understand it. It is an unconscious pattern. It is an unconscious pattern. When we make those decisions, if we don't feel worthy, 